Welcome to another episode of the Phallic Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Enrique Hernandez, here with my guest, Scotty Shimamoto. How you doing, Scott? What's up, Enrique? Not too much. So, um, you're a comedian, and you're an actor, and you're a loan officer? That's true. That is all true. All right. So, let's talk about comedy, dude. Um, all right, cool. We're just chilling here at Scotty's house, by the way. He's under a little construction, but it looks fucking great, by the way. <laughs> it's going to look great when it's done, but... I got to get some stuff done here, got the f rest of the floors put in, and just got to get, like, some of the paint needs to be just touched up and stuff like that, but it's almost done. For almost a guy, done. it's nice and cozy, though. Yeah, if, man. If you had a lady friend here, yeah, I, I, I could hear, you know, the complaints, <laughs> but we're yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you been doing? Well, you've been in show business other than comedy and acting, right? You used to be a rapper? I used to be a rapper back in the day, and I used to get all these laughs in between songs like more than applause and uh so one day and i used to emcee all kinds of stuff like weddings and just like a lot of meetings and stuff like that and i always get the people laughing and i, I had a choice when i was younger i was like do i do i become a, a rapper or do i become a comedian and at the time i was like well i gotta try this rap thing first because if i wait too long then it'll be too i'll be too old to be too a rapper late. right but I was ahead of my time. I should have Plus, been signed. you were already committed anyways, right, to rap. So it was kind of, you'd be giving up on it before you really yeah, finished with it. Yeah, yeah. It was a different time, you know. Like, when I was doing it, it was, like, really, like, it was party music. And it turned to, like, gangsta. Yeah. And I, I really, I do a joke about this, but I could not pull it off because I looked like I should be giving tech support, right? <laughs> not... <laughs> Not like you're in a tech nine. Well, that, so. that was back in the 90s, though. Today, tech support is like, thank you, come again. <laughs> exactly. You know, so. And they didn't have, like, YouTube. And they didn't, have, they didn't have a lot of stuff back then. And even the technology on the music, I had to, like, I had to really learn how to do this music on my own. I worked with some guys from, uh, his name is Dane Matsumura from Hiroshima. If you heard that band, Hiroshima. Yeah. J Jazz Fusion. So Dane was on Hiroshima back in the day. And then, you know, he left them. And he, he was playing bass. And, you know, he's... I hit him up. I go, hey, can you help me putting this first album together? So I made a CD way back in the day. Spent oh, all this no money. Shit. Yeah, what was yeah. It called, dude? The Bonsai Beat. <laughs> yeah, it was good, man. Oh, it was good, but like, I I really didn't know how to make the music at that time because Dane was helping me, but still, like, you were he can't write all my own. music, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was using different kind of uh, software, and software is a little bit harder to, to work with. Now the software, like when I was in it for a while, the software was much easier because you could loop, you can make a loop yeah, and a pattern. And the old days you had to like, you had to hit all you, the notes. You had to be on it. Yeah. You had, yeah. You basically had to be on it and it was hard to edit and it was like on an Atari oh, shit. back in the day. Right. Yeah. So it didn't have power. Slow as fuck. And yeah, exactly. And, but it was more of the editing capabilities. Now, like I was using reason. If you guys know what reason is, it's, um. It's like it has multiple instruments. You could put all these instruments in there, and then you can you can play it in there, and you can loop it, and you can edit it really cool. So oh, so is it like different um, channels for each? Yeah, kind yeah, of, kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. So you can well, depending on how, how intense you, your your computer is. And and when I was doing this, the computers were like <laughs> Tandy. It, it was a, it was Hewlett Packard, but it yeah. was like a Meg, you know, like a Meg. Wait, is it a? Yeah, it was. It was, it was a. It, it was like it was like yeah. a low amount of memory, you know. So you can't really do that, but but it still was way more than, way better than when I started, 
And I started getting some good beats, you know, together because it was easier to do it. And then, then, I, then it was like, uh, yeah, I'm not really going to make it here, I don't think, as a rapper. So, well, because it was evolving right into the gangster rap. Yeah, and yeah. Then... It was dangerous. It oh, was dangerous. Really? Yeah, because what was happening, you could look this up on Google, but back, back when it started getting gangster, then they would have these concerts, and then they have these shootings at the concert all over. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. like, wow, do I want to like, get involved in this? And, and then I had some guy, he was, like, you know, he was trying to help me pass out my CD and try and like, get me you know, signed somewhere. And I, I actually met some guys from Death Row, which was crazy. No shit. But I didn't know, yeah. Death, and so, like, so the guys had my, my, my info or whatever, and we were talking about it. And then, like, it just started getting really crazy. And that's when Suge Knight started really going off the rails. And I was like, man, I don't even want to get, like, it's not worth getting killed no, over either. Dude. So, yeah, so I, I got out of rap. So you and were then, in deep, G. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Well, we used to do shows and stuff like that, but... Um, it's it's a little harder to do those kind of shows if you're a rapper because you have to kind of have a bunch of rappers doing it together and everybody has to be kind of on the same page yeah. doing these shows and it, it's it's I think comedy is a lot easier to get gigs because you oh, can just yeah. go in right you just like hey can I get a spot yeah exactly and there's more shows especially back in those days, they weren't really having a lot of shows because of the shootings. So yeah. you're trying to sell it by selling CDs, trying to get on radio. But like I got on, uh, I was on 92.3, the beat. They had this oh, five were? minutes of fame. Yeah, I met John London. Oh, I don't remember that guy. It was fun. So I met a lot of people. Gre That's Greg Mack cool. from K-Day. No back shit. In the day. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Now he's on, uh, what is it? I think he's on the wave now. Damn, that's a huge change. Yeah, man. 92.3 to the wave. Yeah, so Greg was cool, man. When I first started, like, I, I stalked him. You know what I mean? Like, like I found You have him. to, man. I stalked the shit out of Rudy, let me tell you, man. Yeah, exactly. Hey, can you give me a spot? Can you give me a spot? Exactly. Shit. So he was he was at some event. Tina Marie was there that night, too. Oh. It was like some, yeah, some promotion for K-Day. No shit. So I went down there. I was like the only Asian dude there. You know what I mean? Because it was K-Day, right? Someone's got to represent, dude. Yeah, so I'm like, I go down there. I, I don't know what Greg Mack looks like either because it's radio. Yeah. Right? So I had to like... There's no Google back then. Yeah. Really. Images. So I had to track him down. I'm, I'm like, which one of these guys is Greg Mack? And then like I figured out who Greg Mack was. And I, hey, I go, Greg, man, like I got this, I got this project going on. And can we talk about it one of these days? You know, not here because obviously you're yeah. working. And he goes, yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. So I, I had him a CD. And then um, he was really cool, man. So he goes, yeah, come down. And so um, I went down to the station, which is near, like, where the two ends. In Glen, what is that? Glendale, Glendale Freeway? Yeah. You know, the two ends, and then you're on, like, is that Alvarado? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know the streets out there. But... Yeah, it's, I think it's Alvarado. No, no. Well, whatever that street is. Yeah. When you when you're going s south on the on the two, you get off, and then like that's where K Day used to be. They used to be at the top of that hill because it's like a hill. And if you go by there, there's there's um. They still have the radio towers. Yeah, the radio towers. Too. Yeah, so that's oh, where that's it's cool. at. Yeah, and I think now it's a Korean station. <laughs> Fifteen eighty. Hey, they they probably have a huge listenership, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So you know what AM stands for, right? Amplitude uh, or what? Well, that's what it stands for here. <laughs> It really, but to me, it's like Asians and Mexicans. Because all you hear is like Asian, right? Yeah. 
Either that or Republican news. <laughs> yeah, Aryans too. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's a good one. Yeah, man. So, um, but yeah, man. So that so so I kind of like I was fizzling out on the rap, and then I, I'm in this golf club, and we started doing this. Uh, well, we would do these banquets every year. Still do, and I was like, I want to MC this banquet, and and the banquet's nothing. It's just like we we go to this restaurant or something, and then we'll just have. We have lunch or whatever, and then but we it's just still the yeah. So, it's like a crowd. It's like I, a crowd, maybe fifty people. I know exactly what you mean, dude. Every time I see a crowd, now I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to see who, hey, who's talking over there. All right, right, exactly right. <laughs> so, so we have this raffle. Everybody brings a prize or whatever. So, we had like fifty prizes. So I have fifty. I'd give fifty prizes away, and like I had no material. I just like riffed off what's going on in the club and whatever, and I just killed her for like an hour. You know what I mean? With no yeah. material. So I told my buddy, I go, hey, I got, you know, I, I, I was killing, man. And he's like, you know, get your act together, do something about it. So I took a class and at the Ice House. Oh, with Rudy? Not with Rudy. Oh, with this, is, this is way back before Rudy was Oh, before was he was teaching? Yeah, so I took this, uh, her name is Bobby Oliver. She has her own studio now, uh, like comedy studio, whatever. She still does classes, but that was my start because I, I, I had no idea how to start in the comedy game yeah same here right I, I, I was you know i do title insurance uh-huh so you know you have your dead times during the day when you're just sitting there bullshitting with your buddies yeah so i was sitting there with my title officer and it must have been like the fi- fifth or sixth time you know i had him in tears just yeah. riffing yeah just yeah. shooting the shit with him and yeah you know he's like dude what <laughs> why don't you take a comedy class or go do stand-up you you have me crying here yeah i was like yeah, yeah you know that's a, probably a good idea yeah here we are <laughs> exactly i love it dude it's, i can't get exactly. enough of it yeah it's a it's really fun it's such a high dude people don't realize that when you're in front of a crowd and you're able to to make them feel good yeah. that right there is a great fucking feeling oh uh, it's cool it's it's you're, it's awesome you know i go by what i go through during the day mm-hmm. you know I got escrow officers, you know, yep. you know how they can be. Sometimes. It's stressful, so, man. It's oh, stressful. It, loan officers pushing, hey, we got a fund, we got a fund, yep. you know. And yep. if someone, if I can make someone laugh that's been going through what I went through that day, I did my fucking job. Yeah. You, you know, I, I did my job. Exactly. Exactly. Because you're right. Like our business, like our, my day job being a loan officer, it's stressful. Yeah, because you're talking big bucks. It, it's huge bucks. Like even a regular house now, like three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollar loan. You yeah, have to exactly. fund. We have to fund. Exactly. Cut off is three o'clock. Cut off is three. O'clock. Oh, dude. Yeah. It, and then like when you have uh, when you have the contingent where you have to sell one house oh, to get to the next house. Oh yeah, we love those. Sometimes there's three like there's three deals hanging on one situation. What do you mean the recording got pulled? This is oh. a contingent order. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And Dude, then, and, and we're the ones that take the flack for it because hey, title sent it up to record. Yeah, we sent it up yeah. to record, but you sent us the docs, man. Yeah, yeah. We screw them up. I don't know why people in our business, they try to like wait till the last minute a lot. And that's what, you know, a lot of people don't plan ahead and that causes a lot of problems. Dude, this is me at 530, putting all my shit, getting everything ready to go. And then you hear that phone ring. Yeah. And you see this from an escrow company. Yeah. Oh, I just have one set up. I'm so sorry. We just, we just got funded on this one. Oh, really? Because I thought 
cutoff was like at 230. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be times, obviously, when it's last, for yeah. whatever reason, it's last, but some people, like, they do Make it, it all that habit, time. Dude. It's like, dude, man. Mm-hmm. So, you, okay, I used to be in sales management, and I used to tell my sales reps, I used to tell them, hey, you know, you want to get your deal put through, try and do it ahead of time. Obviously, you know, there's going to be times, but... Don't put your support staff in a position where it's like you have to hit a three-pointer, right, with Jordan in your face, three-tenths of a second left in the game. you got to hit the three-pointer just to tie the game. You don't want to be in that position, right? No, and especially with us, us on the inside. Yeah, we're, yeah. That's just one deal. Now imagine three or four sales reps know. trying to do the same thing. Exactly. It's like, dude, you know, you're putting us in a... In a lose-lose situation exactly. with the escrow and the rep. Yeah. And, oh, lose-lose-lose and our exactly, bosses. Exactly, exactly. You know, okay, let me say this. Can I say this about escrow? You can absolutely say it. All right. I don't know why everybody, okay, the real estate people, I don't know why everybody blames escrow. Escrow is not doing anything they're other than. They're a neutral than, party. Yeah, they're, they're just trying to make sure everybody does what they're supposed to do, getting everything in one place, and make sure that nobody's breaking the law. Yes. You know what I mean? And... I don't know why a lot of people... So don't blame escrow for for delays. I mean, obviously, you might have an escrow person that's not doing the job. But in general, you know, if, it's, if something's not recording or something didn't get funded, it's not escrow's fault. And guys. escrow, don't blame title. Because <laughs> title is trying to help you. And we're doing our Every, best. And we don't want to get yelled at by escrow. That's, <laughs> that's the worst. Everybody in the transaction... Is actually trying to help everybody else because everybody wants us to fund. It seems like, except for the agents. <laughs> sometimes, I'm just sometimes, sometimes. Ah, no, so the agents don't realize what's going on on the inside. You know, they they yeah. have their their job is marketing based. Yeah. So yeah. when it comes to the technicalities of title and escrow, they they just don't have the knowledge base. That's why title goes out and teaches classes mm-hmm. at different uh, mm-hmm. brokers and mm-hmm. escrow companies and that's why also the escrow companies have these classes yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. And it's important, please agents, if you're listening to this, take those courses, man. Sign up for those classes at your local escrow. Sign up with your broker because these classes are going to help you avoid problems when you are closing. All those FinCEN reports, you don't like them. You think we like them? We don't like asking for them, guys. But we do need those. Yeah. And, no, no, nobody wants these forms. Nobody, no. nobody wants any of these forms. But there's laws. <laughs> there's federal, regulation. Federal. Yeah. Laws. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't care what your LLC customer, what his business is on the side. I don't care. I just know we need his driver's license and his social to come along with that. We're going to look them up? Absolutely not. We don't care. The last thing we want to do is think about work when we're not working. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we have a passion for our jobs while we're doing it, but we also have personal lives. and Yeah. We, that's the cutoff, you know? Yeah. That's why we do comedy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we know it's stressful for the realtors, too, because mm-hmm. they got their clients are on their case, too. So it, it rolls downhill. But yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, if you can avoid it, it's, it's better to, to avoid the problems by, by thinking, if possible, you know, ahead of time. So whatever. Yeah. What we're saying is just keep the lines of communication open. There you go. I, I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, right? there when go. there's a problem. There yeah, don't wait. Don't, yell. don't wait. Just, just don't say Don't yell. It. Don't wait. 
call title or escrow. Usually it's best to call title because we can get down to the root of the problem real quick and tell you what it is that's holding up the recording or uh, funding, things like yeah. that. I, I tell my loan clients too. I go, look, you know, if you think something might be a little bit off the rails, just tell me now. I'm not here to judge. Exactly. I, I'm here to like Close take it. care of your problems. So like, you know, if you tell me now, at the beginning of this transaction, I have 30 days to fix it. Exactly. Right. But if you tell me on day 29, <laughs> I might have a problem. I'm not, I'm not a problem with you, but I'm just saying I might have a, have a problem resolving it. Because if we have rate locks and stuff like that, then now that turns into. But just don't just have everything. That, have everything. Uh, uh, you know, like just put everything on the table so we know what we're dealing with. That's exactly. like the main thing. Don't lease the car five days before <laughs> you close. Your your lender's gonna find oh out. Oh my god! You know, I, it sounds like you've been through that a few uh, times. It happens. You know, like I when I talk to my clients, I have this like massive checklist. Right. And then yeah. I have, I have like the deal killers. Like I put the main on an email, right? Yeah. And it, here, here are the main deal killers. Don't buy a car. Don't buy your furniture before we're handing you keys. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't make big cash deposits into your bank account, things like that. Um, how, now, how does that affect um, big cash deposits? Cause I know that some people probably think it helps. But what does that actually do as far as red flagging it? Okay, so because of federal regulations, the Patriot Act, the DEA, they don't want to sell houses and give loans to drug dealers. And, uh, FinCEN, that's where FinCEN Right, comes exactly. In. So they want to make sure this money is clean because, you know, they don't want Tony Montana rolling yeah. in there with a wheelbarrow full of cash and then, like, they're just throwing it in there and it's... So by big deposits, we're talking, what, 10, 20 grand, anything that's going to... It just depends, flag, yeah, right? yeah. When they're a bunch of like nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine <laughs> okay, deposits, because one it's week ten thousand, right? right? And then like, um, if if you're making X amount of money, you know, if the deposit is just doesn't look right, yeah, like it's like a cash deposit and it's more than you make per month. Like, yeah. where does money come from? Okay, now there's ways to deal with all that, which is you season the money. Meaning, How's that? so. So meaning I only have to look at two bank statements. So if you put a cash deposit in there for a hundred, this is so lame. Okay. With the, this is a loophole, I guess, in the system with the feds and everything else. If you get a hundred thousand dollars and you throw it in the bank in cash in $1 bills and you wait a couple of months and I only need two bank statements, right? So if you put it in here in May and I don't need, you know, I have, I'm looking at June and July. I don't see that big deposit. You're good to go. Oh, yeah, that's so, how it works. Yeah, man. So, so you're looking at the last two banks, monthly bank statements right, as opposed to right. like the last six months. Okay, on standard loans, on, on conventional loans and FHA. Typical inside the, I call them inside the box loans. Yeah. We're looking at two bank statements. Wow. That, yeah, so. Take that into consideration. You know, if that helps, good. If it serves any other purpose, good. That's another reason why we have to pre-approve early because if that person had this $100,000 bank statement, I mean, deposit. Uh, bank deposit, and I, I know I can't fund them because this, this thing is standing out there like a sore thumb, I, I have to tell the client, I go, look, come back in, come two, back months. in two months. Just come back in Simple two months. Simple as that. Yeah, and then like, if you do that, then as a realtor, you're not driving this guy around. 
Yeah. Because why you want to go, right? And, you know, talking about pre-approvals, when I'm talking to the guy, I look at all the documentation. I say, this guy can get approved for this amount of loan. Here's how much house he could buy. Here's how much the monthly payment's going to be because just because you qualify for X amount of money, that does not mean that the person wants to buy the house at that level. Yeah. Because they might be able to qualify for a $4,000, $5,000 a month payment, but maybe they only want to spend $2,500 a month. Yeah, who the hell wants to max out their right? credit? Yeah, because they have their lifestyle and everything else. But what happens is if you just tell them, this, this is notorious in my business with loan officers. They're just like, you qualify for this much. And then here's your monthly payment just on the loan. Well, what about taxes and insurance? What about your closing costs? What about this? What about that? Right? And when you don't let the client know the good, the bad, and the ugly, then it's a broadside for the client. It, it is. And the realtor, because the realtor's out there, like I said, working drive, their ass off. Right? And if they're like, work, if I'm working with uh, XYZ client as a realtor and they're not ready to go for three months, what am I? Showing these guy houses. Most of these houses are going to close before then. You know, they're yeah. not going to be on oh, the yeah. market that yeah. long. And exactly. it's a total waste of time. It's a total, now, it's a total waste of time. Um, let's go over the different types of loans. You started talking conventional. We have the high-risk loans. What are mm -hmm. the uh, hard money loans, uh, hard money lenders? Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's talk about that for a Okay, minute. so the main loans everybody hears about, the ones you hear on radio, which, like, these are the ones where they're talking about the great rates and great terms and all this those are the ones they start talking real fast after they uh talk about oh there's no closing costs and yeah at the end that's yeah the micro machines yeah exactly and they're like talking about oh you gotta have 40 percent equity and you have a 760 credit score and this and that right that's what they're talking about when they're talking fast but those are the loans are they're called conventional loans and that's the freddie mac fannie mae loans those those are like the typical loans um Full documentation, typically, where you're getting tax returns, pay stubs, W-2s, bank statements. Legit. Yeah, the legit well, stuff. They're, and they're all legit, but these are above yeah, board. Yeah, the, these are, we just say full documentation, meaning you can prove everything that you claim on your um, loan application. So, again, those are, they have different programs within the conventional loans. You have 3% down programs, 5% down, 10%. 20% different different types of loans you could stack them now where if you want to okay so the, there's a thing called private mortgage insurance so if you have less than 20% equity then the banks will not lend uh, without this private mortgage insurance which depending on your credit score and how much money you put down you know it could be you know two three hundred dollars a month on that right yeah so they so now what you could do is you could have an 80% what they call loan to value first mortgage you could put 10% down and then you could put 10% with a home equity line of credit which is cool a home equity line of credit is like a credit card going against your house yeah so you're gonna get a better interest rate on that and so what kind of interest rate do you get on a uh, line of credit on okay. your house as opposed to a credit card okay. just so people know the the differences and yeah, and they, they vary, depends on your credit score and different elements, but typically about, it's usually the prime rate plus two. Okay. So prime rate right now is five and a half plus two, it's like seven oh. and a half percent. Oh, so it's hands down cheaper than having a, putting anything on plastic. Oh, for sure, because it's plastic, you're looking at what, 18, 20. 19, yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. And, and 
check with your tax advisor on this because I cannot give tax advice. But typically, you could write that interest off as well when you buy oh, the house really? with the money. Yeah, so it's yeah. Check with your tax advisors, guy. Yeah. We we aren't tax people, but um, we're around it enough, and we just kind of know the ins and outs. But definitely check with the real estate professional. Yeah. So again, the conventional loans are typically for people who have good credit histories, and you know it's yeah. pretty much inside the box. Now. There's another kind of loan, which is called FHA. And FHA, a lot of people think that you're getting a good deal with FHA or whatever. And you might. But FHA is typically for people who don't have as great of credit scores as um, conventional. Uh, they still typically have to provide full documentation, but it's a little more lenient. Oh, it is. You, as yeah. far as um, income requirements or... It, it, no, as far as credit requirements. Oh, credit requirements. Yeah, so in other words, like on a conventional loan, if you ever had a foreclosure, you have to wait seven years. And then on a FHA, there's programs out there where you could do it the next day after a foreclosure or bankruptcy, like the what? next day. But Are you there's serious? The, it's more restrictive. Yeah, yeah. Oh but you can, still, you can still do it. You know what I mean? You could go, you could go down to 580 on a credit score with FHA and... Yeah, it's more lenient. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. The disadvantage <laughs> is you always will have, okay, I don't know, on these things we're talking about right now, you're going to have private mortgage insurance. You can't take it off anymore. What do you mean you can't on, take it off? Okay, so on a, on a conventional loan, mm -hmm. if you put, let's just say you put 5% down now and, you know, six, seven years, you pay it down, you pay it down, and then... Now you get to... You're at 21%. So. Yeah, yeah. You, you could get the PMI, private mortgage insurance, taken off on conventional, right? Really? But on FHA, you can't take it off anymore. You used to be able to. Until you refi, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm most of the... There's some really... There's exceptions. Yeah, but for the most part, you can't take it off anymore. And then the other disadvantage of FHA is you have an, uh, an upfront private mortgage insurance payment, which is 1.75% points percent of the loan amount so if the loan is a hundred so if the loan is a hundred thousand there's going to be a seventeen hundred fifty upfront private mortgage insurance as well wow. so that right there is it's a it's a cost of doing business they let you put that into the loan and they let you finance it oh. but it's still a cost of doing business Whoa, yeah. yeah so sometimes the rates on on fha look like they're more um they're better than conventional, but they're also paying this 1.75% yeah. upfront, and they can't get rid of this PMI. So and People don't realize that it adds up with all the interest over the years. It, it adds up to quite a bit. Yeah, so if it's $200 a year, let's say, that's $2,400 a year times if you keep going for 30 years. 30 years. It's a lot of money. Fuck. I should be able to do this in my head, huh? Yeah. Being Asian, but uh, no, I need spreadsheets. <laughs> I can't, I can't afford to make a mistake on these numbers. So um, I use spreadsheets and calculator. There's another type of loan I've seen. Is it a, I want to say it's called a USDA loan or a... Yeah, USDA. Yeah. So what, what's the difference with those and... USDA is for... Farmers and... Yeah, like rural rural areas. So it, it's not just for farms then? No, no. No. It's just if you're in the area that USDA um, is eligible for... You could be 
you know, some someplace far away, and, and you could typically get like up in the mountains. They do a lot of USD. I don't really, really do a lot of USD. Oh, you don't. Because uh, uh, in in this area, it's it's not really. Yeah, most of my clients are conventional. So uh, we have the, VA too. What's that? Oh, we'll talk about VA. Oh yeah, USDA. yeah, for sure. Um, are the requirements different for USDA? I mean, uh, I'm it's, sure they are somewhat. Yeah, but... it's close. It's close. They have some different guidelines. I can't really get into the the details of USDA because yeah, I just, just don't do a lot of them. They just don't. Yeah, around here, unless uh, you're in like freaking Victorville or Lancaster, out in the boonies somewhere, right? Yeah, it just depends. Like, it depends where the realtor is doing business and where the client wants to buy. Yeah. So my thing is, okay. So with our company, we have USDA, we have VA, we have FHA, we have conventional. And then we have outside the box program. So there's a lot of guidelines. And like for us, part of our job is when we get the client and get the pre-approval going and we look at what documentation they provide, I need to cross-reference the, um, the guidelines uh, to make sure that, you know, they're going to qualify. Yeah. You so, know what I mean? Uh, VA loans, you mentioned those a minute ago. What Obviously, it's for veterans, right? Um, departments of Veteran Affairs right. loans, um, fully financed, right? Yeah. So VA loans, that's a really, really good loan because you could put zero percent down, like nothing down. Uh, you have to deal with closing costs, but you You're know, not the veteran anything down. So yeah. So you have more money left over for closing costs, and you can get the sellers to help you with closing costs too. So you might be able to get them to help subsidize closing costs. You might be able to get them for no money. Wow. Now, the VA has a thing called a funding fee, um, which it's a little bit like the upfront PMI, but you put 0% down, you have this funding fee, but now you have no monthly PMI. That helps out too Yeah, it's, it's a couple hundred dollars a month. And now, like, if it's a big loan, like if it's six, $700,000, that could have been like three, $400 a month. That's like five grand a year, something like that. You don't have to pay that. That's pretty great. sweet. Especially most guys getting out of the army, you know, they probably don't have access to the best jobs right away, but you know, they have something solid. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, this VA loan really helps them. Yeah. Cause they don't have to save up even 3%. Think about this. If it's a $500,000 house, you buy it for 3% down even that's 15 grand plus your closing costs. Closing costs, depending on what time of the year you buy it, could be ten, twelve thousand. That means you're looking at having like twenty-seven thousand dollars of money. Now you can get gifts and stuff from your family and things like that, but not everyone has. Family. Yeah, not everybody has that. So this allows veterans to get in much easier than the average bear. Um, and then this funding fee, if you have a disability um, with the VA like a permanent one, you can get that waived as well. So it's, wow. it's a really, it's a really, really good loan. So like if you're disabled and it's hard for you to find a job that just helps out even more. Well, what I'm saying well, disabled, I mean, like, I mean, you're going to have to have some yeah, kind of job because you have to approve income. But uh, for instance, I, I had this, uh, uh, well, I don't want to say what he does for a living, but he had a permanent disability, but he could still work. And it, it wasn't even that, like it wasn't like he got his leg shot off. It wasn't anything like that. But he had, he had some like, like I want to say it was a back injury or something, and it just he, prevented heavy labor or stuff. Like yeah, that, right. So he was able to get his funding fee waived, 
and the funding fee is like depending on the situation, but typically like two and a quarter points or something like that. So if it's a five hundred thousand dollar loan, it's, it's like ten grand. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So he was able to waive that ten grand or whatever. That's cool, dude. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, so there's exceptions to all these things. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And we we run this thing called a desktop underwriter. So I input all the information, and then I uh, I run this thing called the desktop underwriter. It's like it's checking my input versus the guidelines to make sure they're gonna pass. But that desktop underwriter is good, but still there's some, it, it doesn't see everything, right? right? It doesn't see, it only sees what I input, but it doesn't see the documentation I'm looking at and the potential specific situation with the client. So then that sometimes like I'll see something that is outside the realm of what desktop underwriter um, is analyzing and I have to look, I have to go to the guidelines. And it's like title. We have yeah. our own underwriting and, you know, right. guidebooks and advisory title officers. And there's a lot of checks and balances, man. You, you have to have that because what you don't want is you don't want to have a guy in escrow with his offer accepted. And there's like three properties that need to get funded in, in succession. And then you made a mistake on one guideline because you were too lazy to look at the guidelines because you just said, oh, I just underwriter said it was good, so it's good. Uh, you know what I mean? Because yeah. sometimes something be on the credit report and it passes, but then you're looking <sighs> at it and you're like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't look right because this, this, and this, right? So then that's when I go back and I triple check on the guidelines. And if I don't get it, like if, it's, if the guideline is, if it's a little uh, nebulous or, you know, it just Weird. doesn't, yeah, sometimes it doesn't, Sometimes the guidelines are not black and white. Sometimes there's yeah. a gray area, and that's when I have to get my my management, my underwriters to look at the thing. I say, look, here's the situation. Are you going to approve this or not? Because if you're not, then I that's need to tell the almost exactly what happens with us when we see something on title where you know there's a potential cloud. And hey, boss, you mm -hmm. know how do we how do we close this? Yeah, exactly. You know, let's get this closed. How do we how do we get X and B to sign and you know and that's what we do we clear up the title side you do all the financials and stuff like that we we're more on the documentation side as far as deeds and easements exactly. everything in between exactly exactly because we don't see that like when we're yeah, pre-approving yeah. we don't see that stuff we don't know what's happening with the property you, you're just approving money by Ex your underwriting exactly rules. exactly you're not underwriting the actual real estate deal mm -hmm. you're underwriting the financials to it as exactly. long as we're okay with the underwriting on our side, you guys are okay with your side, right? Is how it generally works. Yeah, exactly. Because you guys are the ones who are going to release the money and you're going to insure it and the whole bit. And pool! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. pull this deal. And we, dude, if you ever hear from Title that, you know, the order got pulled or the recording mm -hmm. got pulled, it's not something we do lightly. It, yeah. hey, something popped up on the SI. Yep. Uh, yeah, a I, judgment, I was just gonna say that child support. Hey guys, and just as a reminder, please, please, please have your customers fill out the SIs at the very beginning. It'll make things go so much smoother. Please, the please. SI statement, statement of, of information. information. <laughs> it's that green piece of paper that they sent out. Dude, you know how hard it is to find someone in comedy to shoot this kind of shit with. <laughs> it, it, it's hard, guys. 
believe me, Scotty is like a diamond in the rough. Oh my god. I can't really talk to many people about my job in in comedy if unless I was doing like <laughs> Lyft or something. But let, let's dig into the SI. Okay. Yes, statement. Please. Okay, so I can run credit, and sometimes these personal judgments and liens do not show up sometimes on the credit report. No. Absolutely. We don't trust credit reports. Uh, yeah, so I might think the guy's golden, right? But I don't know that the guy has a tax lien that just, it did not hit his credit report for whatever reason. And so when you fill this statement of information out, then uh, the guys over with Enrique, they check it out. They, they look, I don't know how exactly you search, but they find out if there's liens and judgments or anything else. Um, oh, we find those they find little out. details, man. Because they have to. Because, yep. because because it's a claim exactly and if like, a uh, if a if a borrower has like a lien going against them and it's a tax lien from the IRS oh that that's and those crazy. don't expire guys don't yeah uh, don't yeah. assume that after twenty years those federal unless it's stated on the federal tax lien that it expires after so many years and it hasn't been renewed you're gonna have to pay that. It's going to have to be paid, going to have to be taken care of, however you guys do it. You know, uh, another thing is um, child support judgments. Don't avoid those. Don't think that just because 10 years went by, it's gone. No, it's not. It stays there and we pull it. Uh, unsecured tax liens. Um, we pull those, obviously, because they follow the person. Uh, state tax liens, franchise tax boards, judgments, any kind of judgments, list pendants. If you have a list pendants on your property, stop everything because it will go no further until we have that withdrawal. If there is no withdrawal of list pendants, it, it, it's not going to happen. Someone needs to sign something somewhere, needs to be paid off. It's not going anywhere. So that's why the statement of information is so important and that all information on there is accurate. Uh, we will know if the social is off by one digit. We will know if the latest address for the past 10 years hasn't been filled in we that's what we do so to try to circumvent that is it's not feasible it wastes your time the client's time and their money so it's just not worth it guys get all your information at the very beginning let's close the deal exactly and it, it, it's not just closing the deal it's us protecting our clients because we have a fiduciary duty as real estate professionals yep. to protect our client. And when I say protect the client, my thing is always, 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 we need to protect the client's deposit because they're going to buy a house. Obviously, they have to put 99.9% .9 of the time, they have to put a deposit on there yep. to hold that property. And if it's five, 10, 15,000, whatever it is, it's like, a, right, it's, it's a, a lot, lot of money, money, right? It's a lot of money. And so what happens is if the statement of information does not get filled out early and it's not checked out early and we're not confirming that this client is clean, then what could happen is there's a thing called a loan contingency. There's different contingencies, but the one I am concerned about is the loan contingency. Usually it's 14, 17, 22 days, whatever you guys negotiate. Once you guys release the loan contingency, when... I'm telling you, we're approved from the underwriter to buy the house. And if the statement of information pops up, like let's just say it's 14 days on the loan contingency. I say you're good to go. You release the loan contingency, meaning if he can't get the loan, he's going to lose his deposit or whatever. 
if, if on the day 20, the statement of information, a loud title to pop up this personal lien, all of a sudden I cannot do the loan anymore. And then the sellers of the house are going to collect that deposit. They're going to keep the deposit. Oh yeah. And that's the worst that's money. Their right. It is it, their right. Under the law, it's their right. But is it really right? Eh, you know, it's a gray area, but it's still the law. And, and it's I, a responsibility yeah. of the agent to make sure that they get everything they need from their client. Right. Not to hide anything. If you try to hide something, one of us is going to find it. Whether it's, you know, it's my job to protect my company because we're insuring vesting and title. Now, we don't want to claim. So we do our due diligence just like uh, Scotty here does. Um, and we're not going to let anything slide by that's going to put the company at risk or the client. You know, it goes hand in hand. So it's our job, I guess, basically to cover everybody's butt in the yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, so you need to explain what title insurance is because a lot of people think it's just a like line item and it's like you're throwing money away. No. And you're not. You're not. You're in the title insurance. You're protecting all parties. So... What I do, well, what title does is uh, we go into the history of the house, uh, the property, the legal description, and we look everything up. We look up old deeds of trust, make sure liens have been paid off, uh, make sure there's no clouds on title. Clouds on title could be people try to, trying to avoid a foreclosure by deeding to different entities that don't exist. So it creates a cloud on title and you're like, hey, where are these people? We need these people to sign. Oh, shit, we can't find them. So it creates a cloud. Then you have to do a quiet title action, which could take months to clear up. And that right there is going to screw up your deal. So what we do, we clean all this information up before the deal is closed. We get the right people to sign the right quick claims to the right people. We make sure there's demands for all the payoffs that need to be made for to the lenders for these judgments that we do find that are legit, you know, mm -hmm. some... Hey, we found a judgment on you. Okay, that's mine. Yeah, you know, um, could we pay that close? Of course. You know, get us a demand and we take care of it. Now, that's how you normally do it. You don't do it. You can't get a demand, expect to get a demand from the federal government for a federal freaking tax lien at, you know, 5 o'clock on a Friday at the end of the month. It's not going to happen. Not the government does not <laughs> expedite <laughs> at all. They do not. They're going to go on government time. Yeah, they, they they do what they can within their set amount of time. And if it goes beyond that, then, hey, it's the government. Oh, well. Yeah. You know, you should have, that's your responsibility. It's the responsibility of all parties to get us what we need to close. Uh, when we make the payoff, we're expecting to make all the payoffs. Now, again, if those SIs aren't filled out right away, that that's when liens happen. Yeah. Yep. You know, and or not liens claims and nobody wants a claim yeah you've yeah. never seen the look on my title officer's face <laughs> like there there's a there's a dead time on deals too so let's say we're recording in la county right mm -hmm. and we close on a certain day say july 1st my birthday well from july 1st to july what is that uh 16th or something like or june 16th something like that prior to that that's all dead time that's what we call the plant date wow 
So the, our plant date goes up to the, let's say, 16th of June. Wow. So anything that records between June and July 1st, we have no way to see it. Wow. So let's say a disgruntled wife records a list pendants uh -huh. three days before we close. Wow. We still close because we have no crazy. idea that that happened. That's crazy. So that'll come around maybe three, four or five months down the line. And we're like, oh, shit, we closed on that. How the mm -hmm. hell did we close? So we go through our records. Oh, dude, she recorded that three days before we closed. There's nothing we could have wow. done about that. That's crazy. But our business accounts for it. That's why we have uh, a claims fund. And, you know, it's just that's the cost of doing business, too. You know, there's hey, you got to pay out the claim. Wow. Crazy, yeah. crazy. You, you, that's just one of those circumstances. So, and it happens occasionally. It just happened the other day to us. Oh, wow. Totally legit crazy. deal. We had all the paperwork, clean title. But the ex-wife decided to file Liz pendant. We have a claim on our unit. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, so from my perspective. Okay, so if you're selling the house. Mm -hmm. You have to get the preliminary title. You should do all that stuff up front. The earlier, the better, so you can make sure that there's no yeah the listing prelim right yeah. because you don't you want to make sure that there's nothing that's gonna hold your seller from being able to close the transaction. Exactly. If there's, right, because what happens if that person is trying to sell this house to get the down payment for the next house? Exactly. Right. So if he, if he can't sell because title's clouded. Or whatever, there's a lien, whatever the deal is. It screws two deals. Exactly. So who? So that's when the person who's selling the house, if they need to sell their house to buy the next house, and they need a loan to get the next house, yep. and they don't find out the information that they can't sell the first house, and it's past the loan contingency for the new house, they're going to lose the deposit on the new house. Right? Damn. Right? Yeah. That sucks. And that's a legitimate... You know, a thing that will happen in real estate, but whose fault is that? It's the person who didn't tell their seller or whatever that they need to make sure that title is clean before they try to sell the house, or even put it on the market. Good real estate agents are going to do all this stuff up front because they Pro don't want to listen either because they don't want to spend money on advertising. Property profiles. Get your property profile early. Look at it. If you have any questions on it, it's going to tell you right there if there's any red flags exactly. on the property. Now, it's not going to tell you anything on the individual, but that's where the SI comes in. Yeah, the prelim title. Pro yeah. Property profile's not showing all this. Stuff. Prelim title. Uh, the property profile, we we have our guys pull this pendant and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because that, okay. that's yeah, a major red flag. The property profiles I pull, they don't have... I mean, oh, I've got, they don't? They have link, well, they have links yeah, yeah, to the thing, but I can't see... I can't... See, I just... I'm looking at, you know, what, yeah, what it's they built pulled. and... Yeah, what, how it's uh, zoned and all that stuff. That's what I'm using for my loan. I didn't know on your property profiles on your side, you're, you're looking at that stuff too. Well, I, uh, there's a difference between how the, the profiles are done today and how we used to do them, mm -hmm. which was a lot more involved. Mm -hmm. When I was doing customer service back in the day, uh -huh. uh, I was pulling liens, garbage liens. Because, uh -huh. you know, garbage liens can screw you too. You need yeah, to get a demand yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's a fucking garbage lien, yeah. I'm grabbing it. Other yeah. customer services, oh, we're, we're only looking for deeds of trust and um, deeds, vestings. No, we're not. We need to tell these customers yeah. what they're getting into early mm -hmm. so that we know what to do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, if you don't do that, you're, you're shortchanging the customer. It's exactly. a free product. Exactly. So what? Yeah, do it. Do it. Exactly. The more you know. You know. <laughs> that's it, business. That's, that's all business. Exactly. The more information you have on that situation, the better 
you know how to deal with the situation. If yeah. it's clean, hey, good. Like, you know it's clean. You can tell your client it's clean. Let's say that, that same Liz Pendens gets uh, skipped over on the on the prelim. Mm-hmm. By accident, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it happens. Now, if the agent had the property profile with a good customer rep who would have pulled that Liz Pendens, hey, hey, hey. You know, I, I have a Liz Pendens on here. You know, let me call my title officer. Well, you know, you're right. Searching did miss that. Let, let me get that added to the prelim. You know, let's let's get that taken yeah, care of. Exactly. You know, it's Earlier not always better. hard, man. It's not always hard to get these things cleared up. Sometimes it's just a matter of calling someone and saying, you know, it's been 15 years since your divorce. You know, you're over it. You're married. Can you please sign this? Yep. You know, can you please sign this grand deed? It's a, you know, it's been 15 years. Yeah. Or you can have. The ugly situations where, hey, you're going to have to pay me. Well, hey, if that's what they want, you want to close this deal, you want to sell your house for a million five when you bought it for five sixty. Pay, pay the person, yeah, man. Yeah. Pay them. Yep. Do whatever you have to to yep. get that doc signed. Get yep. it to us and record it. Yeah, because if it's legitimate, it's legitimate or whatever. Like exactly. Okay. Now on this, on the buyer side, people don't understand this. When we talk about cloud. Clouded title, when Enrique talks about clouded title, that means someone has a claim on that house. Could be a mechanic, could have been a plumber. Exactly. Or Mechanics something like that. Thing, yep. Right? So if, if the buyer buys the house with clouded title and they're spending whatever they're spending on this house and someone has a lien on it for like $50 for some plumbing work that they didn't get paid for, well, guess what? They're co-owners of that house. Yep. And... Because the that lien gets is in first position when they bought the house. Exactly, exactly. So now, when if I buy if I bought the house and it was clouded, and I try and sell it to somebody, I can't sell it without this guy releasing this lien too. So do I don't want to buy that house. And do you think that plumber is going to release that thing for no. 50, 60 bucks? No. Hell no. no. They no. now are the official owner of half a house. Exactly, exactly. So they, they. They have you in a bad place. Yes. Put it that way. I'm trying to keep it clean because yes. I do my comp. I do my comedy clean, not because I don't want to swear, <laughs> but you could do more gigs. Yeah, exactly. You could do more gigs. Hey, I cuss right now, but you know what? When it comes down to my comedy up there, I, I really don't cuss. Rudy taught me that. Hey, hey bro. <laughs> yeah. Don't be cussing up there. Exactly. So I want to cuss. Trust sense. me. Trust me. I want to cuss. And there's times where I'll me. slip, but it's not intentional. You know, yeah. it's more for emphasis and oops. Yeah. And yep. you move right past it, but. So I have substitute words. Like yeah. F-bomb is like freaking or whatever. I, I have yeah. substitute words because like I, okay, like you a lot of You still want to put the emphasis on what you're trying to put emphasis it, yeah, on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Without sounding dirty. Exactly. And it's really hard to do that. But like I'm, a lot of these, a lot of the paying gigs, because like at our level, we're doing a lot of these gigs for free, right? Yeah, we're trying, yeah. we're just trying to. But um, like these paying gigs, a lot of times it's like a corporate gig or something yeah. where they have a budget or like I'm doing, I do a lot of fundraisers uh, for different clean. people. Yeah, they want to clean. If I go with the American Cancer Society, they want to clean. I get it. You it, know, it, it's a fundraiser. It, they're paying you. This is what they want. And did you see how easy it was to transition back? In the yeah, company? yeah, because oh my God. <laughs> But I try and like, yeah. like where I use my comedy in my business, just to try and keep people calm, calm because it gets really tense. It does, dude. 
and I just want that I want my clients to know that I'm really down to earth and I tell them I do comedy too you know like not everybody some people are really some people uptight. Are uptight yeah so I, I don't I don't get it but if I could tell if they're you know like I could tell when we're talking yeah I, I've had a sales manager refer to my comedy career as cute <laughs> and I don't know if you guys can feel how condescending that sounds but when you have let's let's just say your sales manager comes in <laughs> and says your comedy career is cute it, it's pretty condescending <laughs> you know without going into I still work there guys is what I'm trying to say you know. and notice I didn't say the name of my company <laughs> the, we're just saying title but yeah there's a lot of uh, uptight people out there, man. They uh, escrow officers, though. I have to admit, once you get a a good rapport going with them, mm -hmm. I can get them cracking up. I yeah, have a yeah, lot of yeah, these chicks yeah. cracking up. They're super nice ladies when you get to know them. Mm -hmm. But when the pressure's on, you know, everyone can be kind of a dick. Yeah, I, you know, it, it sucks that it comes out, but I get it. You know, they're under they're under the pressure. Gun. I don't know how they do it in escrow because they're in between all of us. Oh they're my like god, this, dude! I don't know how they because I'm a dude, so I can't multitask, right? And like, I'll get it done, but I gotta like, I gotta do it, do it, like I gotta do it in order. I can go fast, 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 fast. But to have like six calls going on at the same time or whatever they do, six fundings and it's all happening at the same time. Yeah, it's crazy. chicks are crazy organized. Yeah, they. Don't. I admire that about them. Yeah, um, I don't know how they. I, I. I don't know how they do it. I, I hear you, dude. I, I'm like you. I can move fast, but you know, and here's another thing. You know, when someone accidentally sends you the wrong prelim, <laughs> don't get a hair up your ass over it. It was just a wrong prelim. Maybe someone was moving so fast and trying to be so efficient that they accidentally pulled the wrong thing off their desktop. Hey, man, it happens when people are trying to work hard, mm -hmm. work fast, under high pressure. Take it easy on the guy, man. Come on, guys! It was an accident. Yeah, I just sorry. Uh, I, it happened I like, last I'm week. I like that too. Like that's why I don't like waiting till the last minute. Yeah, because I like to know what's going on. I don't. I hate being rushed when you're doing tedious stuff like <laughs> uh, going over um, notary stamps, notary acknowledgments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to yeah. be careful if it's missing that acknowledgement box. Yeah. <laughs> void. Yeah. If if the if it's a new notary and they put their their name instead of the signer's name, gone. I need yeah, a new one. Yeah. If it's late in the day, I can't get an an acknowledgement. Yeah, you got to pull it. Yeah, yeah. Signature's no good. Yeah. Stuff like that, man. It, yeah. it happens. And yeah, stuff happens. We're yeah, all under humans, pressure. It's human beings doing this. You know what I mean? That's why, like all this online stuff. Even for realtors, like there's they have competition from these online companies. Yeah. Like a good realtor is gonna be able to manage this process because it's a huge project that's being managed yeah. with many, many moving parts, and like these online real estate companies, how are they gonna, how are they gonna handle that? Handle the client and everything. I, there's just no way. I don't see any way that they're gonna get rid of realtors, and like on purchase transactions, I don't see them getting rid of loan officers, it, and it, I don't see you know title. You know you still. You you'd, might not see them, but somebody has to be the one who. You'd be surprised how hard they are trying to get rid of us, up in uh, upper management. 
There's no way. There's just no way. Because they're streamlining customer service already to the point where they're not going to need them soon. Everything's going to be done on the computer. And what's going to happen? I guarantee you four jobs, three, four jobs out of every office, title office, everywhere in the country, four jobs lost every office. Boom. Easily. So multiply that by how many title companies, how many satellite offices. Boom. There goes part of our industry that will never come back. Wow. And then comes searching, which uses the same system as them. Uh-huh. They're on the same system to search for the properties for that uh-huh. same info. Boom. That's five or six people out of each title company production department. So, yeah, they're slowly phasing us out with computers. I mean, computers could do a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there's, there's still that judgment. I know they have this artificial intelligence and all this stuff. It's but bullshit. I don't see how... I mean, the, the part about dealing with the client that is trying to get their loan and, you know, their, their title and all this, that, that you can't you take can't, all the people uh, out of uh, it. Yeah. Computer can't handle it because there's emotions involved and oh, you have to be able to ima- explain why. Can you imagine why? fucking a computer telling you no over and over Yeah, and not being yeah, able yeah. to articulate why or. You have to say why. Because yeah. most people, if you tell them why, then they're. And it's Why a legitimate not? reason. If it's a legitimate reason, we get 99% it. of the people are going to accept that. And Okay, well, I understand that. Okay, so how do we fix it, right? But if you're, like you said, if the computer just saying no, it doesn't tell you why, that's when people get frustrated and that's when they start getting crazy. Yeah. Right? Someone wants to blow up the freaking TRW building or something, you exactly. know, because they think that's where the answer is coming from. No, but, it, yeah, our jobs are being... Slowly phased out. Wow. Well, it, the it, stock price goes up. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a responsibility to the stockholder, but not to the employee that makes the stockholder that money. Yeah. yeah. I'm all for capitalism, bro. I'm all for it. Yeah. But not on the backs of the low-level employees who are the ones cranking this production out and making shit happen on the lower end. Yeah. And like I said, there's no way you could... Re- Eliminate all these jobs, in my opinion, and it's it's just too complicated. Well, some companies are sending these jobs to India and the Philippines. Total, yeah, complete that's... title departments, dude. Yeah, and you're yeah. talking social security numbers, uh, private information, yeah. birthdays, yeah. everything you need to steal someone's identity. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. Thank you. Come again. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. Shit. Yeah, that's the part that you know we got to keep the American jobs here. Yes, and... we used to have title plants, dude. We had one in Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. Used to employ about 140, 50 people easily, dude. All the title companies would pull their old docs from there. Mm-hmm. But they decided to throw everything on the computer. Wow. Eliminated all those jobs, dude. Gone forever. That building, gone. Those tapes, yeah. gone, destroyed. Wow, it's crazy, wild. dude. It's crazy. I used to work at the plant. Oh, crazy. The title man. plant, it, it was kind of a badge of honor, you know, because uh-huh. uh, in the title industry, you have, it's very, um, it's very, uh, what do you call it, uh, Filipino-centric in a way. <laughs> and uh, no bullshit. The, uh, from a production standpoint, it's predominantly Filipinos, uh-huh. which is cool. I had a lot of Filipino friends coming up, but over there, we used to call that place Little Manila. Yeah. Because all you would hear in the background is Tagalog and singing, yeah. dude. 
They'd be singing, singing. all day, dude. Oh, all day, dude. What's like it was up a with Filipinos game. and singing, man? Brother, let me tell you, they all do it. And it's cool, you know, because you start there's singing some along Filipino, with them. There's some good yeah, Filipino singers, dude. too. But there's some bad ones, too, that think they can sing. Oh, yeah. I've run into those yeah, guys, it's okay. Too. It's okay if you're doing it's it for okay, fun. It's okay. <laughs> oh, but the best part was uh, lunchtime. Peeling. Everybody would bring a little... Uh, Nothing a more than feelings. Oh, sorry. Exactly. I'm trying to keep this entertaining, feelings. man. Feelings. Feelings. But they feelings. 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 So, they... It's funny because in the lunchroom, you know when it's lunchtime because all the Filipinos would be there. And it was like a buffet. One guy <laughs> would bring like a, a big giant tub of rice. Some other dude would bring pancet. Another chick would bring... Uh, Lumpias, baby. Lumpia, chocolate meat. And do you know what chocolate meat is, by the way? Is that the blood stuff? Yeah. Oh, my God. I had that one time because I was dating pork, this. Uh, oh, my God. pork's blood. And it looks like chocolate, but... I haven't had the pleasure of... Man, I ate, I, I was dating this girl from Thailand, and she was fine. And we went, and it was like jello, but it was like blood jello. And I was like, what is this? She was... I goes, like jello or whatever? Yeah, she, yeah. She goes, just try it. Just try a little... So I'm like, okay, well, she's fine. So I got to, you know... And she, I go, what is it? It's blood. What? Are you kidding me right now? This is like... Mm. It was... What was the texture like? It was like Jello. Really? It was like weird. Jello, Jello. It, it was a little softer Jello-ish. than Jello. Jello-ish. Yeah, it looked like it looked like this red, like brownish red Jello. It was. Was it yeah. good, or was it? It was. It was whatever. I think it's. I think if you grew up eating it, yeah, then you dig on it. Yeah, but since that was like it's like that Vegemite shit from Australia. I've never had that. It's like a yeast-based spread. My old title officer is Australian. So I, do you like that shit, that Vegemite shit? <laughs> She's like, it's better than jam and jelly. Oh, my I was gosh. like, really? Yeah, it doesn't look does. like it. Well, like for us, like raw fish, right? Oh, that's, that's the disgusting, bomb right? But well, it is for, the bomb. For traditional it, Japanese folks. Yeah, if you grew up with it, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or if you like drank some like sake. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I eat all that stuff. But what like about if you're that if, fermented fish though, have you ever dug from, on that stuff? Fermented. It's like three. Have you ever tried that three-year-old fermented fish that they have in Japan? It's supposed to be like a delicacy. I've never had that. Have you ever seen that program called uh, "An Idiot Abroad"? You know, I saw a couple of guys. Larry, is Dude, that Larry, wait, is that? That's, oh no, that's not Larry Cable guy. No, no, no. That's it's the one. It's uh, that's a funny dude, man. The Larry British. Oh, he is, dude. Oh my god. This is a British uh, comedian. They send him around the world, right? So he's the idiot, mm-hmm. and uh, they send him to all the shittiest spots they can find, dude. Like uh, India. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you just hear him complaining the whole time. I have the shites, <laughs> and he's <laughs> he's. And I can't even, because all the, the toilets are on the, the floor. So he's, I can't do it. My, my innards just won't allow that. It won't do it. Because, you know, we're used to just pulling our pants down and yep. kind of, I don't, I still, after watching it, don't understand the mechanics. Do you take your pants off? Do you kind of like squat? Are you talking about the squatting? Yeah. Like, how does it work exactly? I mean, yeah, man. if you, I pee when I poo, so I figure you. How do you get it from getting on your pants? You, you got to, it, I don't know. It's a balancing act. I, I would have to get fully undressed. 
That's why Vietnamese, Vietnamese, like that's all over Asia. Yeah. So like when you see a Vietnamese dude waiting for a bus, they don't. There's no shortage of chairs in like Asia, right? Yeah, they do the squat, the squat, right? Squat. Yeah, man. So I guess you just have to figure out how to get your pants in the right place where you're not getting it all over yourself. That's like crazy. for me, I'm a big guy. That that's why I find the mechanics of it a little more difficult because. First of all, balancing while you're squatting for a fat guy is not exactly easy compared to the you know a little <laughs> Asian guy. And then you know you got big legs, big thighs, so you, you know <laughs> your your pants are in a different place than they would be on a skinny guy, and it just gets kind of gray, dude. So yeah, it's, it's good I, for your lower back though. If you ever like, because sometimes like I've I, never, I, I have I've that never, on my I have that on my one of my routines. I get in that squat and. Like when I'm on stage and I'm in that position, like, like I'll do it. I'll show you. You can't see this, but I'm squatting right now. When you do this and you do it right, then you're like, everything's getting pulled Straight, down right here. Right? So like this lower back, it gets like, it gets stretched out and it's really, feels really good. Huh. But after a while, your knees start getting bad because you're like in that position. Yeah. That, that's. So thing for uh, so, for heavy set guys like me. Yeah, I, so you just gotta like. I prefer portly, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard on the knees, man. I, I guess that's why there's so many skinny people in Asia. Yeah, man. You can't let yourself get fat if you have to take a dump. Yeah, man. <laughs> we should. I, th I think we talked about real estate enough, don't you? Yes. Okay, yes, so yes. like you know, like you, I keep going like this because I have this glue on my neck because I did this. I did this. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Tell us what you. Can I can't. About I it. can't talk about the project, but I will say this. The process so, of makeup. Uh, okay, so I was in makeup for three hours. Three hours. I got to the gig at six, Ooh. and I wasn't done until nine o'clock, because they had to. There was a thing with. Did, they did, did a thing a with my hair, but. No, so what they did was they did this the the bald the bald cap or whatever. Okay. Because the way they had to make my hair was like I had to be bald with a wig on top. Oh, to right? make it yeah yeah to make it look like the character Real. I was playing, and um, it's gonna be funny. It's just, I, I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, it, we we just finished it last night, but um, and we didn't finish until like I didn't get home till like three thirty, because. So your there, sheet, your scene was getting shot till three thirty, or you had to be kind of be around just in case till three thirty. So, so or the, were you guys partying till three thirty? No, no. So what happened? What happens on mostly shoots are like twelve hour shoots. So they started the shoot at four, right? And I and I I couldn't go because you know yeah. was that an earthquake? Mm. No, Ooh, I don't know. Uh, okay, so anyway, so I couldn't get there till till like six. Yeah. And, and I told him, like, I, I just can't get there. It was like a last-minute thing because um, somebody dropped out. And, like, the producer, like, told the director, like, this guy's, you know, why don't you call this guy because he's good. So I, I had to put this skull cap, this bald cap on. And the way they had to do it is they had to, like, they had to flatten my hair. And they put, like, this cement in my hair, like this, like, really, really strong gel. Like heavy... Oh my gel? god! Yeah, it, it was like because the gel I use, it's pretty strong, like because my hair well, is like you really got straight. Thick hair is kind of spiky, right? Asian hair. Yeah, I got this Asian my, hair. My son has the same thing. He's half Filipino. Yeah. So, 
And I got the cowlicks, right? Yeah. I got cowlicks and stuff. So I needed to use this really strong gel to keep it in place. Yeah. Otherwise, I look like a Chinese factory worker, right? If I let it go, yeah. my hair's growing straight forward. And, like, I right? Know. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yep. So, so I didn't know what... I knew that they might have to do something like that, but I couldn't show up to the gig with my hair like just like in a hat. You know what I mean? So yeah. I go, I'm going to have my hair the way, the way I do it. And hopefully they could do it this way or I don't know what they're going to do. So... So what she had to do, she had to wet it down, and then she had to like with the gel I had, because you can't wash your hair out there, right? So she like put it, she like put it down to the direction it's going, and then because it's a bald cap, she had to like make sure like the hair is not coming out. She had to like yeah. go with the flow of you know like the the direction it, and then she put this. She goes, I'm gonna put this other like really really strong gel, and I'm like, freaking gel, the one I have is strong, and but she, it was like. Freaking glue! It like was like epoxy, right? It like was just... crazy. Yeah, because she had to get it flat. She totally. had to get it so flat so she could put that ball cap on. And after she put that ball cap on, it looked like I shaved my head. It was, it was like spot you, on. Let's see if I can show you a picture. If we took some pictures. Um, you guys can't see it. I'll I'll post it on Facebook once the uh, once the uh, project gets released. And we're gonna have uh, Scotty um, shout out all his. Uh, Gigs okay, so his... don't don't say who this is. No, but no, look, no, look no. at that. Look at that <laughs> Let me see that, dude. Dude, it looks like I'm freaking shaved my head, dude. Right? Let me, let me see your hair. Okay, well he's wearing a hat right now. Okay, well I, I had to wash it out when I yeah. got it. Wow. And that's a chick that did your hair, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Is that a <laughs> the belly? Is yeah, that... yeah. You can't say you can't say who it is, but no, no, okay, no, don't but don't say who it is. But I'm gonna show they, you. They had to simulate a punch. On yeah, Scotty, and Scotty's a really thin guy. I'm close so. to a six-pack right now, my ladies. I'm sexy right now. Sexy. He's like a shaved dolphin. Oh, my God. I am, because I got my <laughs> hair on my legs. Okay, so this is, this is what I'm playing. That's crazy, dude. Dude. And so, like... I, 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 I like, wish I could say more, but... Dude. <laughs> That's that, awesome. Okay, and then I had to go for makeup after that. Okay, but anyway, so to do this, the ball cap that, so I had this, this glue, like that glue all, like all around and it's on my neck and like to get it off, they're using, what's that stuff you take your acetone. nail pump? Acetone. And I guess you can get it all off because I still have it. Because when I got home, we, we finished a little bit early, but by the time I got home, it was like 3.30. Oh, you're straight to bed, dude. I couldn't though, because I had all oh, this no? stuff. Yeah, and I had this like the other makeup, I had to get all this makeup off. I'll tell oh, you after damn, after dude. we're offline here. But I had to wash that stuff out of my hair. So I washed my hair three times last night to get it out. It's still not all the way out. Are you serious? Yeah. It's that bad? Man, that it was like, dude, it was like glue. Well, because right now I saw your hair. It's still kind of like. Yeah, that's because I just like, after I got it for the most part out, I'm like, I'm not going to wash my because I got to go somewhere later. So I'm going to, you know, wash my hair again. And then uh, now I figured out that my neck is still sticky. I'm going to like have to go over that again. And like I got to get this other makeup off. Just use some uh, isopropyl. The alcohol? Rubbing alcohol? Just oh, rubbing really? On. Yeah, that should work, dude. I mean, it's a solvent. Okay, I'm going to try that. Yeah, it should work. I'm, I'm going to try that. But like I don't know about makeup, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And I don't no, know about hey, this prosthetic stuff. The only stuff. reason I know about alcohol being a solvent is I got my own things at home. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But you know what I mean, man. It's yeah, that's a good idea. Try that, and then um, do you know what else would probably work? Uh, olive oil. You know, I saw that because I, 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 I looked on there. I looked on there, and it said uh, things you could, you know, because like they, there was some like eye makeup, which yeah. I don't freaking wear. Man, I thought she was going to stab me in the eye last night when she was putting this thing on. But because um, I, I had this, this, this eye makeup. So it said olive oil. What was the other one? Um, coconut oil. Yep. And something else, like how to do it naturally. But last night, I was just like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I knew we were going to do this thing this morning. And I'm like, oh, my God, man. I got stuff to do after, too. Because that was totally a last minute thing last night. But it was really interesting. It was, it was, um, Learning it was raining, too. too. Yeah. It rained out there, too. Uh, it was on and off raining. Up your... No, it, it, didn't, it didn't mess up the. I don't want to say too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, the makeup the girl, yeah, she was she was really good. On tight, on yeah, it on was tight, on fucking. Yeah, point. she was she was on point. Yeah, she's uh, she's really cool, and I was in there so long. Now I owe her alimony because <laughs> if we had like this, you're like in a relationship. Oh my god, a connection now. And yeah, so, yeah, she was from Denmark. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, real pretty girl. Oh yeah, Scott. Yeah, and then she had her assistant. I think her assistant might have been from Europe too. So I got these two girls working on me with the makeup. Two year old chicks. Yeah, man. And I, I can't enjoy spoiled, it. Dude. I couldn't enjoy it, right? Because all of them, they're just poking on me. I'm like, I'm trying to like look. I can't look. Do you guys do massages by any chance? Well, when they're trying to take this off, when they're rubbing oh, that probably the hurt, acetone. Right? It didn't hurt, but when they were like, because they're like rubbing it with, you know, to take all that as much as they could off. That felt pretty good because they were like oh, massaging my okay, neck right here. Right, that's nice. Yeah, it was cool. It was that's cool, cool dude. But yeah, we, we filmed it and like I said, man, it was like a whole production. It had like multiple cameras. You had, you know, sound guys, like like real, like the like real, real deal guys. Crews, yeah, right? real sound crew, real. Um, I'm actually using one of the recorders they use. They just, all they do when they hook it up to the boom, mm -hmm. they have that mic and they have that on their hip. Mm -hmm. So it's semi-professional. Yeah, man. There was like 20, I would say there's like 20 people on staff. That and was a that's a big production. Dude. It was a for, huge production. For a 10 minute? Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I mean, how much can you talk about it without saying too much? You know, I mean, uh, I don't want you to get in trouble with any NDAs or anything. So, yeah, I, I can't really, if, I can't talk about that. We're about to cross a line here. Let, let's no, back I, away. You know? No, uh, we could talk about the production of yeah. like how professional these guys were. Like these guys are the real guys. It sounded guys. like those chicks were pretty professional the way they, well, oh, yeah. I saw the pictures. They did you up great. Yeah. Man. I mean, if, they, if, yeah. once the movie comes out, you guys are going to see. <laughs> The before and afters, let me tell you, the before and afters, they picked the right guy for the part. That, <laughs> that's all I can really say about it, you know? But it, they picked the right guy. Because your resemblance to a certain... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Plus, I, had these I put the glasses yeah, on, too. <laughs> it was... With the with the rest of the costume, it, it was spot on, dude. Because I it, like, had a jacket on over yeah, that. It, it was like... Like the, the whole... Yeah, Outfit, I had the right? whole the whole. Like I, I don't have any pictures of that whole thing, but yeah. it, you'll you'll see. No, I know what like the whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah the dude, whole awesome, thing, dude. and then the guy that we're playing. Uh, I'll just say we're we're playing uh, important people. I'll just say it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the other guy was um, 
the guy that's in cahoots, you know, with me, and they had him made up, like, looking like that guy, too. Really? And the dude talked like him, and so, like... So, like, you guys just fell into your parts. Oh, my God, it was crazy. It was, it was, it was crazy, and everybody wanted to take pictures with, you know, like, the crew? Yeah. Everybody wanted to take pictures with us, because it was catered, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was, like, it was a full... Production. Production. It That's wasn't awesome, like, dude. Yeah, it wasn't like those, like, YouTube video that... Like the comedians put together because we don't have any budget. It yeah. was like you know, like there's a director or a producer. Oh, I'll show you the video me, uh, Tony and um, Stephen did about the last Black Republican. You're gonna. Oh my that god, one, that's hilarious, man. Uh, that's hilarious. You know what? But yeah, it, it was cool. And then like the the day before, um, I, I did the I did the um, the TV show. It was really weird because. I've been starting to get these TV like gigs, yeah, and little commercials and stuff like that. And so uh, this this week was really crazy because I had the Thursday night one night yeah. I filmed, and then th- this one last night Friday night. Um, Let me ask you this, dude: Do you ever see an endpoint to your loan officer career right now? <laughs> you know, to I where get to where it, I would know, love to. I would love to be a. I would love to be a professional actor slash comedian, and the acting part, I like it. But what I really like is the comedy. Um, but it's like you know how this is. Yeah. It's not how funny you are necessarily. It's how many people come to see you in a club, and it's how marketable you are. Right, exactly. Because the clubs, they want to be able to say such and such is showing up at the club. Scott Schumann was in in the. In the house. In the house. And then, like, if nobody knows who I am, then... But it, can... it's traditionally always been the club that should be doing the promoting, not the not the comic. But it's changed now with all this yeah. social media. So, yeah. Oh, okay, now we can pick and choose who we want based on their numbers as opposed to right. how funny they are. Right. So, let's just say... Um, let's There's... just say Fluffy. Okay, so, so Fluffy, right? Fluffy... The dude is hilarious, and he has a huge following, right? So, yeah. So if the club says, okay, we want Fluffy to come and perform, all they have to do is put Fluffy on their website, and they're going to sell that thing out in 10 minutes, yeah. right? And there's funny guys out there that, you destroy. know, destroy, and no, but nobody knows who they are, and they don't have the following just because nobody knows who they are. They, they don't. But they don't they, know how they to get, promote themselves, or they just yeah, for whatever reason, have a full time job like us, and whatever you know, the reason, whatever you like, you see them in those shows we do, right? You're like these, this dude right he's here, the fucking monster, right? dude, like Richard Barba. Barba's he's, crazy. He just dis- destroys, dude, destroys, destroys, and yep. I, I, I haven't really seen him on TV or anything. He should be. There's a lot of guys that should be on TV. Right? There's a, a lot, lot, a lot dude. of guys. Uh, but, but if they don't have that, it's kind of like, uh, you got to make money. Wait, you got to have money to make money. So it's yeah. like, you've got to be famous to get famous. It's kind of like that. Yeah. So, a lot of times you'll see actors and once oh. they hit the big screen, all of a sudden they're famous. Now all the clubs want to book them because they know who they are. So that's, that's why I'm doing it. I don't want to be a freaking dramatic 
actor, like, you know, it, I don't have it in me to have someone tell me what to do. I already have that right now. Someone tell me what to do all day, you know, and I, that's not my personality. I mm. like going up there and entertaining, yeah. making people feel good, laugh. And, yep. and the best part of all that is after the show, when they say, man, thank you. You were funny. You made me laugh. Thank you. Yeah. You just made me feel yeah. like you felt earlier. You know, you know, the acting, it's, it's similar to that. But for the actor, the actor is playing for the director yeah. and, the, and the, uh, the other actors, right? Like last night, since I was so last minute, the guys that were, the guy that was, there's like about four, they knew like the script, they've had the script for a while. Oh, so you were on the, Johnny on the spot learning it right then and there. Yeah, so I had to like learn the lines when I got there. Damn. And luckily, I didn't have a lot of lot, but I had I had action I had to do, and like they had to tell me, okay, this is the this, here's your motivation, this is what the situation is, this is what we're doing, and then the guy that was the one I was playing opposite me, he he's been filming since uh, the day before, so he like no he's was with the director, they know you know he know the vision of this project, yeah. So he was helping me too, like when we were practicing lines and stuff like that. And like, so I'm playing for him too. And like, I'm trying to get him saying, okay, that's tight right there. You're, you're doing what you're supposed to do because now you're helping me do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So it's a different, the energies you give each other. Yeah. Feeding each other. Yeah. It just happened. This is one-on-one versus one-on-two-hundred. Yeah. At at a comedy club. You know what I mean? So it's, you get the same kind of, um, uh, I guess feedback and, and you get that same high. And then, if you're trying to be excellent, like if you hear like, you know, after the, the take is done, and you hear the director's like, that was, that was right on, this is what we wanted, and you could see that the staff, you know, the crew are like, yeah, they're like, yeah, that was, that was right on, you know? Like the camera guy, like the main camera yeah. guy, yeah, that was perfect, that was good, good energy, you know, good what we're trying to do. Like as, that's like the performance part of it that is the same. Yeah. Right. Just like getting a like getting laugh. that satisfaction of doing a good job. Exactly. Exactly. So, it's a it's a little, it's a little bit different preparation wise because, yeah. like you know, we do the open mics, and then that's how we that's find out rehearsal. if it's good. Yeah, yeah, it is our rehearsal. Um, but like later, hopefully, I get some bigger parts, and then like, you know, I have a lot of dialogue. And I'm trying to write some movies too. Yeah, like I have some really good ideas for movies, and hopefully I can get you know one of them picked up or something because I'm star. I want to star in the movie that I'm writing. Yeah, who does? You know what I mean? Hey, it's good for Sylvester Stallone. It's good for me. Hey, why not? Hey, do a little uh, porn first. And <laughs> have your foot in the door, dude. <laughs> well, that's what we were doing last night. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Do what you it's too do, cool. Man. It was too cool it was for too me cool to be. To... It's too cool for me to be in a porno movie uh... last night. Shit, man. Um, but anyway, um, you, you have some stuff to do, right? Yeah, man. All right. So we can uh, we can wrap it up. And uh, you want to plug anything before we go? You know, I, I'm I'm doing the relay. We're doing our I think it's 13th annual relay for laughs. We're gonna do that in May at the Ice House, and it's uh, I think we said it's May. Oh, I should have had. I should, oh, let me look. Let me look. It's like May. Uh, let's find it. 
Start talking while I'm looking this up. Um, you also have a uh, op- monthly open mic, right? Right. We do the joke gym in um, on the third. See, this is why I can't multitask. I'm trying to look at this uh, date. Sorry. <laughs> it's the uh, third Thursday of every month. Okay, so third Thursday every month, we're doing it at the Pacific Plate out in Monrovia. And it's a really cool open mic. So if you're a comic, you should come out because we have live people out there. Like sometimes you do the open mics and it's all comics. And sometimes it's hard to gauge what you're doing because, you know, the comics are not necessarily laughing out loud. They're not necessarily hating, but they're not necessarily laughing out loud because they've heard everything or they might be concentrating on their own material. So they don't, you don't get that feedback. You just see cold dead eyes. Yeah. A lot of times. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they're they're concentrating on what they're trying to do. So we have, actually we have live people coming in there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's really cool. And you know, it's a, it's a microbrewery. Um, and what's cool about Monrovia is if you take the gold line in there, then you get, it's one of the ride shares and I'm not going to say the name because I'm going to probably say it wrong, but it drops you off of Monrovia and I want to say it's 50 cents to ride anywhere in Monrovia from the gold line station, right? Oh, and it is? It's only like, it's, it's, it's a little, if you have time, it's walking distance, I guess it's probably maybe about three quarters of a mile or you can pick up the lift or whatever, the yeah. ride sharing. I think it's, I think it is lift. But whoever it is, um, or you can just drive your ass over there. Yeah, you can do that too. <laughs> yeah, you can do that too. And they have good beer down there. And a lot of times they don't serve food, but a lot of times they have a food truck out there or something. And you, yeah, you, you know what? There. I've seen a couple of those places. They're doing that now, right? Yeah, they have a lot like of... a microbrew and no kitchen, no. Nothing, yeah, exactly. And they have the the lunch truck stop by. Yeah, exactly. You could even take your own food in this place if you want. Really? They don't, because they don't have a license. For to food. serve food. Right. So what they do is they just want to serve beer. Bring your own food. Yeah. And like they'll have different varieties too because it's microbrew. Like, you know, what they might have something this week and then the next week they don't have any more. And then, you know, they just keep they rotating. They it through, right? Yeah. It's, it's cool. pretty cool. So it's never the same, you know, down there. You After the thing, you can play games or whatever. But, uh, yeah, we do that third Thursday every month. Paula Johnson is our, our co-producer. We've been doing this for... It's more than 10 years. We took a little bit of a break for about, I want to say about nine months because we couldn't get a venue. And then um, we found this place. It was, it was really cool. So the Relay for Laughs, that is our annual fundraiser for the American Cancer Society. And we've been doing this. I want to say we're going to go on to our 13th or 14th year. And we usually raise right around like, $2,000 a show for the American Cancer Society. That's pretty good. How yeah. much are the tickets? So the tickets are $15. And pre-sale or at the door or straight through? It's it's pre-sale because we've been selling it out every year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We've been... You can get a hold of Yvonne Rosas Petty. She's a realtor. And she's she's the one that helps me sell these tickets. She's with Century 21 Masters. And um, I think her email is... I want to say it's realtoryvonne at msn.com. But my my... My uh, comedy is Scott Shimamoto comic at gmail.com. So you can email me for more information. We're going to post it on Facebook. What's your Instagram? Instagram. I think it's Scott Shimamoto. Just Scott Shimamoto. I have an Instagram and I just made a new Instagram uh, account for, for my uh, loan business. But so you made your comedy started. one before your loan business? Yeah, one? yeah. Because I wasn't really... I'm learning that you need to have... Social media. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm changing my marketing strategy. 
with social media with my loan business. Um, but because now, like we're you know, we're like we do re our company does regular loans. We do outside the box loans. We do reverse mortgage. We do everything right. So realtors aren't really looking necessarily at reverse mortgage, even though reverse mortgage can generate business for realtors. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, the person has a big house. They don't want to maintain this big house anymore. They want to move down and they have yeah. some equity there. They could use the reverse mortgage funds, right? Okay. So they sell the house. They have X amount of equity, right? Say they have 250,000. Yeah. Right. Of equity. Now, they could go and buy a smaller house and use that money for the down payment and then whatever the differential is use a reverse mortgage so there's no more monthly mortgage payment which is cool and yeah. then if they if they're if they have a good proposition 13 taxes they move from one place to the next then and they don't get dinged for the yeah they get to keep the lower tax base which is cool look and, into that realtors yeah realtors uh, uh, a lot of up. realtors don't do their uh, homework on that tax uh what do you call yeah, the that's the prop, prop 60 and 90. Yeah, for older folks, right? Yeah. Wait, 60, there's 50, I, I forgot the numbers, but there's one where... Ask your title rep, they'll know. Yeah, or you can call me. I, the bottom or, line is, I don't yeah. know the numbers, but like, you know, we can look at the tax thing. I, I, I'm a little sleepy because I only got like four hours of sleep last night. But there's a new invention called Google they can uh, yeah, utilize yeah, yeah. as well for that. It, it's very far out in space agey, <laughs> but it's there. It's to be used, and it's a great resource. If you go to the tax assessor's office and all that good stuff, it's it's all on there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you can actually call the yeah. tax assessor directly. Yeah, or go on their it. their website. It's all on there. Or I'll explain it to you, like how it works. But the only way that you could do this is, let's say, the guy bought the house for a hundred grand. Let's say now it's worth a million, right? He's got nine hundred thousand equity. Right? He's got all this equity. He wants to move down. He's got a couple kids. He wants to help the kids buy houses. So what he does. He, he he sells the house, right? He keeps Breaks his old a little piece to yeah. His kids. Gives a couple of the kids. Now, if you're the realtor, right? You help him list the house, the first house. Then he's moving to another place. Help him buy the next house. Have the next place. He's got a couple of kids. Help them buy the next place. You made two, three, four transactions off this reverse Some mortgage. Some people don't think no, about that. Nobody though. doesn't. Nobody knows about it. So I'm going to be like, that's the kind of well, stuff I'm going to do. Do you want to give your company information or your phone number? Yeah, so just call me, like, uh, email me, and and you can call me at, it's 626, I'm losing my mind right here. It's 626-399-1525, 626-399-1525. I hope you guys hung out with us. We were on here for a long time. Yeah, we were. But um, I hope you got some good information uh, on the... Uh, I, I think you gave some great information on the on different the loans, kinds of yeah, loans and, and why it's important to do the SIs and everything. And yeah. on, from a title perspective, too, it, it's important that you educate your uh, buyers and sellers on this stuff, guys. Um, as far as my plugs, I have a new uh, monthly show going on. Second, it will be the Saturday after the 15th of every month at Tacos and Miche, and uh, that's in Downey, California. At 7404 East Florence Avenue in Downey. Uh, we're also going to have a weekly open mic. Uh, I'll announce a date for that later when we start that. But um, we're going to have some great headliners, great comedians. Scott's going to be up on our second show on 316 of uh, 19, our uh, second show over at Tacos and Miches. And uh, we hope to see you there. Check, check me out on my Instagram, uh, Funny Enrique. 
uh, Facebook, uh, Enrique Hernandez comedian. I had to kind of differentiate because there's so many Enrique <laughs> Hernandez out there. But um, yeah, I think that's it, guys. And don't forget to subscribe and follow and go ahead and follow Scotty here, too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very we much really for uh, letting me be on your show, Enrique. Hey, thanks for being on, dude. Really All appreciate right, it and really appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks and right. uh, have a great day, guys.